If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me give you five reasons why. First things first, it's free, 100% free. The second thing is that there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. The third thing is, is that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And five, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Willing and Able. Um, I want to first start by saying thank you so much for, you know, listening. Um, and thank you for taking time every day to, you know, listen to me. I know I've been inconsistent, you know, with the podcast. Um, it's something that I have to, you know, be better at and continue to push through. Because uh, I want to produce at least two episodes per week. And I want to upload at least two episodes, you know, per week. Even with the inconsistencies, I've had... 60 listens so far and i think that's pretty good because i haven't really been pushing it you know that much uh so you know i'm grateful for that <clears throat> and as with that being said i hope everybody is having a good day today today is thursday um it's almost friday and the weekend's coming up hopefully you guys have a good weekend i'm not sure what your plans are i'm not sure what my plans are for the weekend i'm thinking of potentially going to a ramen restaurant this friday or saturday i'm not too sure um you know here in florida but i am i'm looking forward you know to it either way anyways today's episode we are going to talk about the issues within the sociology field and why i think it's not really working out now i'm speaking from a person who has a bs in it who's been working in it since 2018 and who has worked with various of companies um, that deal with people that have mental health. And, you know, I have to be straight up and honest, you know, when it comes to this. Um, me, personally, right? And once again, this whole episode, this podcast is about me talking from my personal experience, from my point of view. So your personal view and your personal experience could be different, and that's totally fine. But from what my experiences that I'm talking about, working with the companies in which I've worked with, I've seen nothing but disregard for people of mental health. And I'll forget my first job um, working with people that have mental health. It felt as if we weren't really allowed to even help them. And let me explain. So I worked at a facility where people that have mental health issues, they would stay and they would live there. But it was supposed to be people were only allowed to live there for about two years. I've come to find out that we've had residents there for almost 10 years and after talking to the counselors you know that work there you know they have been working there way before i did and to other you know former uh co-workers who were there it always came down to the same thing it was policies from the upper management that didn't allow the counselors to have an actual conversation with the clients to fully help them it was each counselor was given a piece of paper and they had to ask questions that were on the piece of paper they weren't really allowed to have an actual human conversation 
So after a while of having these conversations, you know, with the clients multiple times throughout the years, it felt as if, um, you know, it, you know, the counselors and the clients would say all the time, it felt as if I was talking to a robot. It felt as if I was talking as a robot because the policies set by the upper management didn't allow the counselors to have an actual conversation. And this snowballed into other issues because counselors and other workers, they knew that, you know, they knew what they had to do to help the clients. They knew what type of mental health issues they had and how to, uh, you know, deal with that. But, you know, they were never allowed, you know, like to do so. And it, it was, you know, at times really difficult because it was hard to see all these people suffering from mental health issues. But because upper management said that, hey, if you, uh, you know, move away from this and you don't say what's on the piece of paper and you do your own thing, you're going to get fired. And it's a bit ridiculous because because what they have us say never really helped the clients at any day. Um, I know, forget, we had this one client. She was there for at least, I think, at least 10 years. She had severe bipolar uh, disorder, schizophrenia, um, and various other issues. And it, she would defecate on herself. She would pee on herself. She, her room was covered in feces. Pee, her bed was stained um, with black liquid. It was a mold. It was black liquid. Um, she was have mold. Uh, she would just hoard stuff all the time in her apartment. Um, and this made it so difficult to even talk to her because she would come down and she would just smell like death. And we weren't allowed to do anything. And even when, you know, police was called or the ambulance was called due to her acting up, they would come, they would inspect, they would see anything. It was like, look, there's nothing that we can legally do. And it made me so frustrated because it's just like, this person is suffering. She was difficult times to deal with. She would be very, you know, combative, or, you know, always arguing. And she was hard, you know, to deal with at times. And it sucks because we all knew what we had to do to help her, but we weren't allowed to do so. And I don't forget one day, um, th this was during 2020, her mom called because she was being, you know, you know, the client self, she was acting up. She hasn't, you know, she didn't contact her mom for a good long time and she didn't want to talk to anybody. Her mom called and was, asked, and was asking, hey, what's going on? Is she, is she fine? Is she alive? What's going on? And I wasn't allowed to tell her that, hey, yeah, she is fine. I did have her because I, I told myself, this doesn't make any sense. Why can't I tell the mom, someone which she has contact with multiple times throughout the day, all the time, all of a sudden, I can't talk to her and tell her, hey, your daughter's fine. She's safe. She's here. And I didn't agree with the policy. And, you know, I just told her, I was like, look, she's fine. You know, she's fine. She's safe and sound. Don't worry about it. And about one time, one of her friends came. Um, who's, you know, who has talked to her, you know, for a long time. Asked also, like, where is she? I wasn't allowed to tell him either. I didn't tell the friend because I didn't know if they were having issues. The mom, it's, I, I told myself, I'd rather tell the mom than tell the friend. And the friend, you know, got mad at me. I was like, oh, you know, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And I told him, actually, yeah, I can, you know, like, I can't do this, you know, and, you know, and that is law. And I agree with you. I don't agree with the law. I think the law is foolish. I think it's stupid. But, you know, it is what it is. And, it sucks. Like, it really does suck. Um, but 
that was the first time I've counted, you know, I encountered those types of issues and I really didn't fully like it or even agree with it. I then moved on to another job that dealt, um, that dealt with the mental health um, of kids and parents. Um, and pretty much, it, you know, my job was talking to parents who were struggling with their kids uh, because the parents themselves were having mental health issues and it was affecting the kids. It was almost like CPS. This job really got me frustrated because at times it was clear to see that the parents themselves, you know, it wasn't, you know, that they had mental health issues. Is that frankly, they were bad parents. They were bad human beings overall, you know, and I don't like saying that as a Christian, but that's the reality at the end of the day. I saw who they were. I read the history and they were, at times, um, I had a client which, um, she was a bad mother, you know, she, she completely neglected, you know, her kids on purpose. Um, she focused, you know, on herself and it was just, I would talk to her and she, and she just didn't really care about trying to improve herself, trying to improve her life. You know, she had multiple kids, she had no job, she had no type of future set up whatsoever. I don't care if you're not going to work, but you have some type of future set up at all to make sure that if anything were to happen, the kids will be covered. And she didn't. She had nothing. Same plan. And that was frustrating to me because I would talk to her. like, look, I'm not asking for you to go get a job. If you don't want to work, I understand. You know, you don't have to. Only to find out that she, you know, never worked once a second day, you know, life. She never had anything set up. It was difficult, you know, like to deal with. I also had um, a mother um, whose kid would constantly run away. And it, it was because she would leave the kid alone, uh, either with a friend or just leave the kid alone while she goes to work or she just goes out shopping and things like that. I gave her some type of leniency when going to work. I was like, I understand you to make money and it's hard times to find somebody. You can't be doing it. You have to figure out something. If you have to pay, you know, for like a babysitter or something, we also have programs in place that will help provide a babysitter of sort or somebody to at least watch the kid while you go work and she didn't want to do it but the reality is and they you leave the kid alone and him running away potentially you know dying it, like it's not really helpful you know it, it's, it's something you have to figure out and i and i would talk to her say do you have friends families anybody can watch the kid on a consistent basis and she was like no i don't i was like well if you don't have that i was like look this, this is the only option you have same place if you want, we can help you set up, you know, cameras in the apartment. That way you can watch the kids so that if anything were to happen, you can at least see it happen. All right? That way you can have some type of peace of mind that I know for sure nothing's happening. So they want to do it. And, you know, that was difficult. That was really difficult. And it, it just, I couldn't sit down with these people and talk to them face-to-face, you know, as an actual person, I had to follow these policies and these procedures in place that overall wasn't really helping anybody, you know. A lot of times I just wanted to talk and say, hey, you have to get your stuff together. This is what's going on, all right? Let's have an actual talk. Let's figure out what it is that we have to do to make sure that you have everything set in place because I know things can be difficult and everybody is what they want to be in life. And I understand 100% and I'm not, get, and I'm not bashing people for that. But when people are trying to help and they try to, you know, and they're trying to tell you, hey, you might lose your kid. You know, you might lose your kid because your kid's running away. Your kid is getting called by the police outside. He keeps escaping the house. Well, I'm, I'm going to say escape, but he keeps, you know, running away. He's claiming that there's some type of abuse going on, you know. And that also was another issue I had. 
kids will claim all these types of abuse. I follow, you know, like the uh, proper, you know, uh, procedures in place. And nothing will come from it. Nothing will come from it. I would talk about it, you know, to my, you know, supervisor and bosses. And nothing ever came from it. I was like, well, what if the access abuse is going on? Like, is there nothing else we can do? And it came down once again to policies and laws, you know, in place that really weren't helping the kid. Yeah, yes, I know. I don't want to falsely accuse anybody of anything. I never want to do that. But there has to be something, something that, that hey, this kid is saying that there's some type of abuse going on in the house. We're going to have you on watch. We're going to see how you react. We're going to see how you act to ensure that this isn't happening. That way we don't falsely accuse you of anything. And that it could be that the kid is suffering from all the types of issues. Something. I, I, it's something that can be worked on. But whether we have somebody, you know, come in, you know, at a random time, you know, like to supervise the kid, to supervise the parent, to watch the parent, something like that. No. No. You know, you know, we couldn't do that. Um, and it's nothing, you know, same place, at least from what I was told and from what I know this. This was in uh, New York State. So, you know, this made me frustrated. I was like, this, you know, this really is a working out. And I don't know what's, you know, really going to happen, you know, like when it comes, you know, you know, like to this. And it just... It, it always frustrated me to know that I couldn't have those conversations. I couldn't help anybody. It always felt as if my hands were shackled behind my back. I had the knowledge. I knew exactly what it is that I have to do. I'm aware of what type of mental health issues they had. I knew what to do, you know, to solve them. But because of policies, you know, I was able, you know, you know, like to do it. And then once again, another job in which I had. Uh, this time I was working with, I was working with Section 8. And but my role was to help people get the life on track and to help them overall make sure that the life you know is on track and that they're able to do what they have to do. Same thing we've had, um, you know, I had a lot of clients where a lot of them had mental health issues, and I would talk to them. There was only so much legally, you know, that I can do. I wasn't able to, you know, fully help them uh, because once again, policy is in place. I wasn't allowed to have actual conversations, you know, with these people. And this made things, you know, very frustrating at times because it was like, you know, if I can't have this conversation, it's not going to help them, you know, what can I do then? And it was just, it didn't make no sense to me at times, frankly. It just didn't make no sense to me at times. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm seeing people suffer. I'm seeing people struggling all because I can't have a conversation with them. If I do, I get fired. <clears throat> and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one um, within the sociology field who feels as if they are, Pretty much, it feels as if your hands are behind your back, and you know, you can't do anything. And it's 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 frustrating because this is not what I study, you know, like to do. I study to go to school to help people who have mental health issues, and to show that I can help them. Only for not that, no, you know, you really can. You know, it comes down to the policies and to you know, forget about talking to them about the issues. Just you know, give them drugs, pills, and that'll solve the problem. And I learned, I learned through all my years, you know, working with people that have mental health issues, that the pills a lot of times made things worse and didn't really fully help at all. Yes, there were times people that needed the pills, you know, and they needed, you know, I'm all for that. But then there's people who didn't need it. And I'm just like, this really isn't helping. What am I doing here? I struggle. Like, what am I doing? Another job. This time I was working with troubled teens. Um... You know, and these teens, you know, were out, you know, doing drugs, you know, drinking, smoking, getting arrested by the cops, breaking the law, being violent, all these things. And what they needed was a real 
one-on-one talk. All right, they need somebody to step up to the plate and tell them, yo, this is what's going on. This is why this is happening. This is your fault. If you continue acting this way, things are going to things are going to progress worse. Sometimes it was their fault. Sometimes it wasn't their fault. Sometimes it was just the parents' fault. The parents were just horrible parents. And, and once again, I felt as if my hands were tied behind my back. I was not allowed to have actual conversations with them. I had to follow pretty much a script, a piece of paper, and that was it. And we would have to pump them into programs just so that the company gets, you know, more money. And I would say a lot of times they didn't need these programs. I, you know, I, I had kids who simply had a fight at school because they were being bullied. And all of a sudden, they have to go to an anger management class. For what reason? They they were being bullied. Why, why are we putting them in an anger management class? This doesn't make sense. You know, and it just it, it just continued to get worse and worse and worse. I was like, what am I doing? I can't help anybody. I'm pumping them to programs. The counselors, you know, themselves are not able to help them. They have to just, oh, you know what? Here's some pills, stuff like that. It felt like a mess. It felt like a whole mess, right? And I feel like overall, this is the issue with mental health illness here in America. They say we take it seriously. They say we care about your mental health. They say that we're here to help you any way we can. We have a bunch of um, online, you know, counseling, uh, in-person counseling, phone counseling, you know, virtual, whatever. But at the end of the day, mental health is getting worse in, you know, in this country. It's not progressing to become better. You can look at the stats. It's not getting better. So we have all these programs, all this quote-unquote help, all this, hey, we care about mental health people. Why is our mental health overall as a nation getting worse? This would not help we're not helping. The only thing we're doing is just pushing people towards drugs, pushing people, you know, to programs which they don't even need. And nobody's having an actual conversation. Sometimes all anybody needs is just a talk. Let me talk to you. How you doing? What's going on? Hey, this happened because you did this. A lot of times there's no accountability for the person who has a mental health issue. A lot of times they create issues, they start issues, and they're not deemed mentally um, insane, so they know what they're doing, but because that, but because that mental health problem they have behind that, they do a certain action, and that action causes them more issues. But I can't say that to them. I can't say it to them. I have to pretty much baby them, and tell them no, no, it's not your fault. It, it is society's fault. It's other people's fault. No, a lot of times it is your fault. A lot of times it is your fault. You shouldn't have done that. You know, and you know, you know what's wrong. You know. You know the difference between what's, um, you know, what's right and what's wrong. It may be hard for you at times to, you know, control yourself, but I know that you can do it because you've had, because you, because they've been in positions, you know, at crossroads where, hey, if I do this good thing, something good's gonna happen. This is the right thing I have to do. If I do this bad thing, something bad's gonna happen. This is not the right thing to do. And they still sometimes choose the bad thing. At times, they choose the right thing. So they, you know, they're capable. You know, they're capable. that's one thing I've learned from dealing with, with people with mental health issues throughout. You know, personally, from my whole life, and you know, professionally, a majority of the time they know what they're doing. They're capable of telling the difference between what's right and what's wrong. And for the simple fact, because of that, they have to be held responsible for their actions. And once again, this is this is for everybody. It's not a blanket statement for every mental health illness on the world, every case. Of course not.
course none. There are times when people are not capable of telling the difference between what's right, you know, and what's wrong. And sometimes they can't really help themselves. But that's not for those people. Uh, that doesn't apply to them. This only applies to the people that know what's right, you know, what's wrong. And if we continue going down this path, you know, we're not really going to help people at all. We're only going to make things worse. And we're going to not give them the proper tools that, you know, that's needed for them to go out there, right? You have a mental health, you know, if somebody has a mental health issue, they need the tools to, you know, succeed. They need the tools to say, hey, if I do this next time and, and oh, but yet if I come across, you know, this type of uh, situation, this is what I need to do. You know, this is what I need to do. I need to go get help. I need to go talk to somebody. I need to have this person on speed dial. If I feel this way, I have to go talk to this person. Anything like that, you know, but they don't, you know, they don't do it. It just continues to be a much, much bigger issue overall, you know, and that's the problem with the sociology field in 2022. And, and that's how it's been for a long time, you know, and for anybody who has family members, you know, getting counseling and stuff like that, there's a lot of great counselors out there, but they are the tremendous counselors, people are very passionate, but also it's not always the counselor's fault that the person that you sent to get help is now improving. Sometimes it's the company's policies it's in place. It's not helping. You know, it's not helping. And another big issue that, you know, nobody wants to talk about, but, you know, it's you know it's the truth. Everybody within the field talks about it. We don't get paid enough for the amount of nonsense we have to deal with, both from the client and from the company. We, ha- we have to deal with a lot of nonsense. Sometimes nonsense, sometimes a lot of stress, craziness, madness. And it doesn't help, you know, that we don't get paid enough. At the end of the day, uh, you know, a counselor is making around fifty thousand dollars a year, right? Fifty thousand, fifty-four thousand. That's with the master's degree. For some people, that's a lot, and it's true, it is a lot, right? But the reality is, at the day, for the amount of money we have to put to get that master's degree, the amount of work we have to put in to get a master's degree, the amount of stuff we have to deal with at the job to maintain our job and to do all these things, it's simply not enough, and it's to get paid more. It's very simple. You want workers to do a better job, you have to pay them more. That's just the honest truth. You have to pay people more if you want them to do a better job. And if you don't pay them enough, they're not going to do always a better job. Because why would I work at an $80,000 uh, a year you know, level when I'm getting paid $40,000 a year or $50,000 a year? This applies to anybody who's getting underpaid. Nobody wants to do, for example, $100,000 a year work and you only get paid like $40,000 a year. It doesn't help. You know, it's 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 it don't make no sense. So yes, you know, that's the issue with the sociology field, right? And that's the problem, you know, you know, that we're having. And once again, this is from my, you know, perspective, from my point of view. Right? Um, it's not from your point of view, for anybody point of view, it's my point of view, my experience. And if you haven't had this experience, I'm good. I'm happy you haven't, because it sucks. It's not fun. But if you have have had this experience, I don't know whether or not it's worth it to even stay, you know, within this field. I don't feel like it is at times. I don't feel like it's worth staying here at all. You know, for me personally, you know, I'm not staying, you know, within the field. I'm, I'm moving on to IT. Uh, it's something that I've enjoyed doing for a long time, and I'm going to continue doing that because I'm just, I can't deal with the nonsense anymore in this field. I don't see it getting better. You know, that's just how it is. You know, that's just how it is. So anyways, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys got something from it. 
Um, if you like this podcast, if you, if you got some type of value, give a like, comment, subscribe, share it, you know, with people. And let me know what you guys thought about it. Remember, guys, be safe out there and God bless and take care.